Hey everyone, this is Zach from Family Worship Center. I wanted to take a moment to let you know about our podcast this week. We have a very special guest speaker, Pastor Martin Wauri. He's going to be bringing the word in just a moment, but first, our pastor Philip Reed sat down with him to get him to explain a little bit about his life and how he got started in ministry. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week, we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. Many people, they have been silenced. And that's why we don't see revival in the world today. Because Jesus today is not a priority to many people. We hope you find this message encouraging. As you know, we have supported Pastor Warui for quite some time. Uh, often as he comes, uh, sometimes we just get him up here, he preaches a little gospel message, we give an altar call, we go home. And so without knowing him, without getting to know his ministry and the things that are going on there. So um, Pastor Warui, for somebody that maybe is not here, uh, been here in the past, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you, where you were born and raised, and how you felt the call into ministry. Uh, thank you, Pastor, for that. Um, Reader's Digest condensed version, because you're going <laughs> to preach after this. So. <laughs> I'm born, raised in Nairobi, Kenya. And uh, I'm a pastor in Nairobi, Kenya. And my ministry started in 1983. I was 23 years old, and I was dying of TB. By then, I have lived on the street most of the times with the drugs. And they had given me months to leave. They had cut a big cut here, and they were draining fluid from my lungs. God sent a lady uh, who had a hospital ministry preaching in the, in, in, in the hospital, and she was preaching to me the gospel. I have not heard the gospel for the first time. And I received Jesus. The Lord healed me of TB. Amen. Set me free. And immediately the Lord gave me a big burden of people who are on the streets, people who are on bondage. And that's how my ministry started. I just felt a burden of sharing what the Lord has done first in my life. And as I continue sharing this and sharing this, I felt that the more I did it, the more burden, the more compassion I was having. And I have been doing this now for almost 30 years. Amen. Never Amen. been tired of it. Well, and see, that's, I learned something just in this. I didn't realize that it was a lady in the hospital that had yes. come in just to, was she a, a worker at the hospital or just somebody that came in to share the gospel with, with everybody? This lady, she was not working in the hospital, but she had a hospital ministry. Okay. Uh, these are the people uh, with a ministry that the Lord led her to go and share the gospel to the sick. To the sick people. Right. But for me, I believe it was like an angel. I believe that was a divine, a divine connection. Amen. Just for me. Amen. Because I have never been to church and God 
used her to reach me that way. Amen. Awesome. Yeah. That, is, that is just really awesome. Yeah. So uh, you felt called into ministry, and how did that evolve into you pastoring a church? And uh, you've got a church and a clinic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, your wife runs the clinic, if, mm-hmm. if I've understood through the years mm-hmm. correctly, and that you started the church there. And so tell us a little bit about how that came about. Uh, by this time, I was in another town called Thika, where I started my ministry, and I preached there for almost 10 years. It was in the villages. It was in the, not in big city. Mm-hmm. And after preaching there for almost 10 years, by then my wife was working in a hospital. I realized that um, the people there were very poor and we were not growing. So I decided, I felt the Lord leading me to go and start a church in the city. In Nairobi. In Nairobi. And I felt that um, I needed to reach people at least the middle class of people, so that they can help me to go back now into the villages. And when we went back there, still there were needs, especially the sick. Mm -hmm. The sick is a big deal in Africa. So my wife resigned in the hospital and we started a clinic so that the people who come into the clinic uh, help them, and then now, is the clinic in Nairobi, or yes. is it a, okay? Yes, it's okay. In, not in not in downtown, not in the city, because we are like outside the city, like suburbs of the city. Mm-hmm. And this clinic, uh, we also use it as a, as a place where, when people come, also many people who come to the clinic, they are not even born again. Many would come when they are just sick physically, but it's a connection also to preach the gospel and invite them to church also. Amen. All yeah. right. So um, how, how readily do people accept the gospel in, in the area that you're in? Is it, as, is it as simple as just preaching a sermon and people come to the Lord, or is it more of a ministry of helps, and then they come to see the good news through that? I would say... Um, Right now, there is a revival in Africa. Amen. That's good to hear. A revival, <laughs> yeah. There is revival, and uh, I don't know if it is because of needs, but when people don't have many places to turn to, they don't have a lot of food to turn to, they have a lot of desperations, they have a lot of poverty, the only place where people find hope is in the church. Amen. Because the gospel is a message of hope. And therefore, people will come to church and they are not in a hurry to leave. Right. Our, our, our church services are long. We have a long services. How, how many hours? <laughs> how, how many hours would the average church service be? Well, I normally have two services because of time and because of our room is small. Mm-hmm. I don't have Sunday night service. I have two services on Sunday morning. Uh, we have our first service, which starts from 8 to 10, but our second service starts from 10 to 1, 
but some people who come to the first survey, they will also come to the second survey and, right. you know, and just have a good time in the presence of God. All right. Yeah. Well, good deal. Yeah. And now you're in the process of building a new church. Yes. Over... Basically, the old church. Yes. And uh, if you haven't had a chance, he's brought pictures in the past. And, and as I said, you know, we have Pastor Will Rui come in. He preaches a sermon, then he leaves, and everybody's, you know, we're, we're, we're done for the day. Uh, but, in, of course, I usually take him out for lunch and, and have gotten to learn a lot of things. So I wanted to share that with you all. But he has brought pictures. They are out in the foyer. If, as you're leaving, take an opportunity to, to look at those. But they're, they're basically... The old church, they're building a new church over it, um, has been working on it for how long? For the, four years now. Four years. Yes. And every time we've tried to help him along and everything, he likes a roof yes. over, over, the, over the new building, so uh, hopefully we can help him a little bit with that. Um, now, I realize in the past there's been quite a bit of persecution uh, for the church in Kenya, uh, how is that right now, and, and what, are, what are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing? I would say the persecutions that we are having, it is hidden. Because Muslims, and I'm sorry to mention Muslims, because I love them, and God loves Muslims too, but Muslims... They have a big ministry mm-hmm. of helping people, of building hospitals, of feeding people, of clothing people. And by that, many people are joining Muslims, saying they are good. Muslims are good. They love us. They help us. And when somebody is so desperate, somebody is dying of hunger, somebody is dying for a disease, the first person who will help that person will have the chances of winning that person, regardless whether that person is a Christian or a Muslim or any other denomination. So, so, so... How do they treat you and your church and your clinic? Do they see you as a competition, or do they, do they just kind of ignore you? Because, you know, the, the, our country, Kenya, we, we practice democracy. What that means is that the Muslims are not the one in government. They are not the one who are leading the country. So they don't have authority over me. They cannot come and persecute me directly or fight me or do something like that, the law will not allow them to do that. Mm -hmm. So what they will do is to use their resources and try to do what I cannot do, try to help people how I cannot, try to, 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 to let people know that they care and they love. Mm-hmm. So trying to minimize your influence, yes, basically. exactly. And therefore minimize exactly. the message of Christ. And they are succeeding so much. All right. Oh, yeah. They are succeeding so much. So as we wrap up, what, what would you say, two-fold question, what can, what can we best do to help and what can we pray for? When we're, when we're in our prayers, what can we lift up about your ministry? 
two things. One, um, I come here in the United States maybe once after two years. I was here two years ago. Mm -hmm. And when I go back home, we depend so much, 100% on the mandre support. Mandre support. And unfortunately, when I go back home, my mandre support goes down. Some churches would stop supporting me. So we need mandre support so badly and kindly if you would consider to put me on your mandre support, and every little help, you know, the, the, you have talked of a clinic ministry and $50 is enough to have treatment of malaria. And many people are dying of malaria in my country. All right. Two, church is a big deal in Africa. And especially for me as a pastor, I may not have food, I may not have clothes, I may not have many things to help people, but when people come to church, church is like would meet the needs of people more than 50%. When, when somebody receives Jesus, as the Bible says, I, don't, <laughs> I will preach later, but I like preaching. You know what the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, that if one is in Christ, he's a brand new man, that the old is gone and the new come. Church, when somebody comes very hungry, very sick, very desperate, a lot of hopelessness, when this person receives Jesus, joy comes. You know, joy comes and strength comes and it's like this person has something to hold for. So our second need, top on the list, we need a church roof. We need a roof. We need a place where we can call home. Home in the presence of God where we can have fun and dance and celebrate and come. Come right. in the presence right. of God, you know. So roof and mandre support are two most important things that I'm praying for. Right. Yeah. And is the church here has supported you monthly. We oh, ran yeah. into a little snafu a while back with bank oh, accounts yeah. and things. Exactly. So we're going to pick that up again. We've got all our information that we need, and so we're going we're gonna to make that uh, happen again. But anyway, uh, Lord bless you, and I hope this was good for you all. He's still going to preach, but uh, give him a big hand clap for, for <laughs> helping us learn more about his ministry. And uh, Chad, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a handheld for him. And uh, if you have any questions, and I will be at the foyer where my pictures are, and you can ask questions on if you want to know more. Or probably you would want to make a trip to Africa. Now you don't have any excuse. We can make plans. Yeah, and make a trip to Nairobi. You'll have to kind of stay around the microphone. Yes. That works for me. Yes, yes. Uh, thank you so much for that uh, interview, and uh, I believe that uh, you have learned more. With me today is uh, Brother R.J. and Sister Ray. Can 
Brother RJ and Sister Ray, stand, please. Let's appreciate those folks. And uh, RJ and Sister Ray, uh, I'm staying in their house in Hampshire, Fanet. And all the time when I come here, I stay in their home, and they are good, good people. They take care of me all the time. They feed me, come for me from the airport, and good people. God bless you so much, Sister Ray and RJ. I really appreciate you. And uh, I want to share the word of God uh, today. And I want you to open your Bibles in the book of Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, that's where our reading is coming from. Uh, and I want to read from verses 1 of Acts chapter 4. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of dead. They seized Peter and John and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who had the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, elders, and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Ananias the high priest was there, and so were Cyphers, John, Alexander, and other men of the high priest family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to cripple, and are asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all men of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucify, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stand before you healed. The stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else for there is no other name under heavens given to men by which they must be saved. Verse, verses 13 is my bottom line verse. That when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, 
they were astonished and they took note this man had been with Jesus. And therefore, the topic or the head of my message today is, have you been with Jesus? And you have heard and you have read the story of Peter and John. They were going through a persecution because they healed a cripple. And many people didn't like to hear that in the name of Jesus, that good kindness of healing a cripple could take place. People hated Jesus. They hated the good news. They hated preachers. And it has not changed. It has not changed much all over the world. But it makes a big difference when somebody has been with Jesus. And I believe all over the world, you and I, the challenges that we go through, it may be hidden in a form. It may be a family problem or a financial problem. I normally say in Africa that the devil is like a chameleon. You know what a chameleon is? A chameleon, it changes colors. When it goes to green, it changes to green. When it goes to the brown, it changes to brown. To me, that is similar how the devil operates. I summarize all the problems that we go through. The bottom line is the devil. Until you know the problem that you are going through in the marriages, it's the devil. The financial crisis that you are going through is the devil. So you stop fighting each other. You stop fighting the, 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 the person that you think he's the call. You start fighting the devil. And this man, Peter and John, when they healed the crippled person, people rose against them. They hated them. At the end of the day, the Bible says, courageously, they stood and they wanted everybody to know. If you want to know the reason, if you want to know the reason of this victory, if you want to know the reason of this success, it, be, it is because of him that you crucified. It is because of Jesus. And the Bible says they took note. This man, they have been with Jesus. Church, to me, this makes a big difference. The reason why I am here today and I'm speaking to you, the reason why I have survived for many years ministry in Africa, the reason why the enemy, the devil, has never managed to knock me down, the reason why I have managed to be strong, to be strong and moving on, because I have been with Jesus and church, if you have been with Jesus, you can do all things. You can win all the battles. 
you can succeed in whatever you do because Jesus can never be defeated. The Bible says that there is no weapon that will succeed against those who are with Jesus. The devil would, the devil would try to raise a weapon just like the way he tried to raise a weapon against Peter and John. But no weapon can succeed against those who walk with Jesus. And in the book of Mark chapter 3, the book of Mark chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, Mark chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, the Bible says that Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed them, designating them apostles, that they must be first to be with him, and then send them out to preach. When Jesus called everybody, just like the way he has called you and me, the first assignment is to be with him. When Jesus called the disciples, Jesus had good plans for them. He had plans to equip them. He had plans to send them out. But first was to be with him. Because this is where the victory begins. And I know in this church of Family Worship Center, I know you have plans. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your dreams. Thank you for your visions. Thank you for many, many ministries that you have lined up. You won't go very far if Jesus will not be first. First in the priority. The Bible says Jesus called the apostles to be first and foremost, first be with him, and then send them out. If there is anything that the church needs today is to be with Jesus every day before anything else. Be with Jesus. And church, there are many. The enemy, the devil, is at work separating the church from Jesus. It reminds me in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3. The Bible talks about the dangers in the last days that people will be lovers of good, lovers of money, selfish and boastful and arrogant and on and on. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 from, from verses 1 and verses 5 the Bible says these people, they will have a form of godliness. Church, they would look godly. They would look religious. But the Bible says they will not have the power of God. It looks like the church of today. And when I travel in many churches in Africa and also here in the United States church, I see this everywhere. I see many churches, they are using millions of money, dollars, building systems and, 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 and building systems and things. And these things are good. 
but without Jesus. The devil will not be afraid of them. Having the form of godliness. So Jesus called the apostles first to be with him. And then send them out. I pray every day, Jesus, I want to be with you. You call me to be with you before you call me to preach. You call me first to be with you before you call me to start a clinic ministry. You call me first to be with you and to work with you before you call me to build churches. Lord, you call me first to be with you, to know you, to know your power, to know your voice, so that I can hear your voice speaking and saying, this is the way walk ye in it. You call me first to know you before I do anything else. Before I go to the people and tell them Jesus saves. And charge the devil is at work trying the best to separate you and I from Jesus. It happened from the man by the name Bartimaeus in the book of Mark chapter 10. If you go with me in the book of Mark chapter 10, reading from verses 46 of Mark chapter 10, this is a story of the man by the name Bartimaeus. And the Bible says that they came to Jericho and as Jesus and his disciples together and a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many people rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and, say, and called him. So they called the blind man, Shear up on your feet, he is calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see again. Go, say Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus along the way. Church, the story of Bartimaeus is not different. By so many voices surrounding you and I to silence us from being with Jesus. Church, it bothers me Many times when I come here in the United States on Sunday morning, going to church with a friend, we are driving. Very rare when you pass through either a river or maybe a creek that I find people fishing on Sunday morning. I'm going to church. Man, Lord. Man. It's good to fish. 
Going go is good to go fishing. Man, not on a Sunday morning. You know, the devil has succeeded that, that on a Sunday morning, somebody would hear the voice of going to fishing is all what is coming to him. Hey, let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. Let's go fishing. Going to charge, going to charge, going to charge has been silenced. When Bart Myers, he needed a miracle. The Bible says when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he knew his miracle could only be found with Jesus. He knew it is only in Jesus where he could get his healing. The Bible says when he started shouting, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on me. The Bible says many people rebuked him. Hey, keep quiet. Shut up. But Myers refused. The Bible says he shouted the more. He shouted the more. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And chat, you know as I know, the devil has succeeded to silence many people. Many people, they have been silenced. And that's why we don't see revival in the world today. Because Jesus today is not a priority to many people. But you know as I know, our victory today, your victory today, it doesn't matter how you look at it. It will be found in Jesus. It is only in Jesus that our families will succeed. It's only in Jesus that our churches will get revival. It's only in Jesus that he can rekindle the fire into our hearts that Jesus will become everything. Jesus is all that we need. The Bible says that when they called Peter and John, and these guys, they look crazy because the Pharisees, they had managed to silence everybody. During the days of Jesus, anybody who was preaching Jesus was a crazy person. Nobody wanted to be identified with Jesus. But these guys, they took note. They took note, these guys, Peter and John, they have been with Jesus. I want everybody to know all over the world. It's because of Jesus that I do the crazy things that I do. It is because of Jesus that you find me on the streets. Feeding people. Many people would ask me, hey, who are we? What, why are you doing this? These people, they are so poor, they don't even have money to pay you. Why are you doing this? Not many people will do this. It sounds crazy. Being on the street and helping people, it's because I have been with Jesus. I have been with Jesus. And I know Jesus loved these people. And I do what I know Jesus loves. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me finish by... The book of Luke chapter 10. 
uh, very quick in the book of Luke chapter 10. And this is very powerful. In the Luke of the Bible, Luke chapter 10. Uh, from verses 38 of Luke chapter 10. The Bible says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what Jesus said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had been made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to come and help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what is better, and I will not, it will not be taken away from her. We know the story of Mary and Martha, that when Jesus visited them, and church, Jesus is visiting people all over the world. But the priority depends. When Jesus visited Mary and Martha, the Bible says Martha was so distracted. She was so much concerned about many things. What Jesus would eat. What Jesus would wear. What Jesus... Man! This is... It sounds like many Christians today who are very distracted by many things about church. Oh, we don't have a computer. Oh, we don't have instruments. Oh, we don't have this and that. That is mother spirit. Being distracted. But Mary, the Bible, Mary didn't care. Mary didn't care if Jesus will have lunch. Mary didn't care if Jesus would be hungry. The Bible says Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, listening to every word. And Martha accused Mary, hey Lord, tell her to come and help me. Jesus said, no. No. Mother, you are disturbed of many things. And only one thing is needed. Church, people today are distracted by many things. Worries of this world. These things, they are for a short time, church. Church life is very short. People are distracted by very very things of this world. Things which will come and go. Mary knew to be at the feet of Jesus is what counts. To listen every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. This is what I have chosen. 
I have decided to seek the Lord. The Bible says that Jesus will be found by those who diligently seek him. And church, you know as I know, when one finds Jesus, this is one thing that has kept me going into the ministry in Africa. I have seen people, people who are very discouraged, people who are going through a lot of challenges, but when they find Jesus, when Jesus becomes the Lord and the Savior, these people are changed. Life becomes back. They are strong. They have something to hold for. And I believe we need Jesus. I, I know that you and I, we are born again. That's good. But as I finish, and I won't say this again, in the book of John chapter 12, many preachers will continue saying, as I finish, and as I finish, and they are, <laughs> and they are not finishing. <laughs> in John chapter 12, as I finish now, uh, the book of John chapter 12, and this is powerful charge. Verses 20 and 21 of John chapter 12. The Bible says, Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request, Sir, they say, we would like to see Jesus. Man. You know Greeks were not Jews. Greeks, they were not considered to be a part of this good news. But I'm encouraged by these Greeks. Who came to Philip just like Philip read here. And the Bible says they had a request. I believe these people probably, they had so many other needs. Probably they were hungry. Probably they didn't have clothes. Probably they didn't have cars or homes. But they came to Philip with a request. And I believe Philip was so much anxious. He wanted to know, hey guys, Greeks, what request do you have? And they told Philip, hey guy, we want to see Jesus. We want to see Jesus. If Jesus would appear in person in this church this morning, what request would you represent to him? God bless you.